This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello again and welcome, Disaster Divas, to yet another grand installment of the Disaster Girls podcast. It is me, your faithful co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And yay! Yay! Oh, I like that. We're in front of a studio audience, Jason. And uh, I'm Amanda Smith. Thank you, Dog Pack. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're talking about the classic 1980 film, Alligator. Jordan, do you want to take the recap? We are are doing Alligator because it deserves to be covered on this podcast. It's germane to the mission, but also in honor of the actor recently departed, Robert Forster, who stars, who, who was not... A star often enough. No, he was great. Who was not the one who carried the film often enough. But in this case, he's our guy. Mm -hmm. He straps that giant alligator to his back and just carries this film. Yeah, he does. And he plays he plays Detective Madison. Mm -hmm. He's uh, it seems to be Chicago police officer. Yes. And we begin the movie with a cold open of a little uh, girl with her family at a I would assume Florida. It was definitely it was it was definitely Florida. Gotta be Florida. Florida. A gator wrestling farm. Yeah. A gator a gator farm in Florida where a, a man is wrestling an alligator doesn't go his way and he gets his leg ripped savagely apart. Well, this girl's just wrapped. This little girl loves everything. You can tell, loves everything about reptiles. You can tell that, all right, we're seeding this because this girl's going to be involved as a scientist some way later down the line. Well, on her way back from the gator farm, well, as they're leaving, she gets her family to purchase her a little alligator, which is a real crazy thought. I mean, I'm sure they let people do that because it's reckless and you're at a gator farm in Florida, but that surely, you know, that thing's going to get to be bigger than like 10 inches. Well, uh, Clarissa on Clarissa Explains It All had a pet alligator. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, an expiration date on that pet, but uh, the little girl gets, uh, brings the little alligator home and I, maybe you can explain to me I didn't catch why the dad in a fit of rage comes home. And I didn't, I think it was unexplained and the dad just sucked. Yeah. Okay. Dad comes home in a fit of rage uh, shortly after the alligator gets to the house and is like, just going to kill it. He, he puts it in the toilet yeah. and flushes it down. And that sends this little alligator, not to heaven, but into the sewage system where it, for the next few decades, it seems yeah. like, uh, immersed in toxic waste and uh, feeding off of, I think, the runoff from a pharmaceutical lab that is doing a lot of uh, animal testing. Yeah, they're doing growth experiments. Yeah, growth experiments. Uh, we, it addresses at one point that they are uh, trying to like essentially solve world hunger problems by like growing bigger animals. Well, this alligator gestating in pipes and, and sewage areas starts consuming these chemicals and grows to... The beyond the size of a car. It's 25 like 25 feet. Yeah. 25, yeah. 25, 30 foot alligator. And that's the movie. This alligator living in uh, sewage treatment areas uh, beneath the city of Chicago starts eating people and, and animals. And then busts up into the surface above. Yeah. And, and you know, when people parts and, and animals start turning up, floating in uh, like sewage treatment facilities and police are brought in, well, that's going to put some heat on the big gator. And then it becomes the police versus the alligator led mostly by Robert Forster when he is and is not a part of the force. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we, we got to stop this big alligator before he just keeps killing people. And that's the movie. Yeah, that it's, is. It is simple. It is simple and pure. It, I was gonna say it's elegant in its simplicity, much <laughs> yeah. like the alligator itself, which has survived unchanged for hundreds of millions of years. Yeah. Same thing. This and, movie could survive unchanged for hundreds of millions of years. And I forget the specific age of Muja. But Muja would have been alive. Yes, Muja. I mean, Muja continues to. Muja yeah, lived. Muja's several, alive. We. Can, I think we even can agree that this is definitely a, a a disciple of Muja. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. You know, divas would know yeah. uh, that that Muja is the. It's the oldest living alligator, right? Oldest living alligator in captivity. Yeah, and in Serbia. Yes, Serbian Muja. Serbian If you don't know Muja. what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode two, which was Crawl, I yeah. believe was two. Yeah. 
um, where you can find more information. You about can find the, yeah, the origin yeah, of Muja. So that you can on the become podcast. part of the Muja hive. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically, any any reptilian uh, creature, as far as I'm concerned, on the, that we will address on this podcast is uh, getting their messages from Muja and getting their marching orders. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I I I feel like uh, you know getting into the reality index of it all. Uh, I felt like the alligator was great. Oh, the alligator. They did such a good job with the you alligator. Really, you see so much yeah. of Ramon. His name is Ramon. His name is Ramon. Because the little girl named him Ramon. Which I loved everything <laughs> yeah. about Ramon. When I was on, I don't know about you, but I was on Ramon's side from the minute she yes. was like, you're going to take your alligator school bus to alligator school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm at regular school. And she put him and she put him in the thing. She's yeah. like, and then you'll go to alligator school. And I was like, I want nothing but good things from Ramon. Yeah, this is when the little girl takes Ramon home and gives yeah. puts him in his little terrarium before he's unceremoniously flushed down the toilet. Yeah. He's going to go on his alligator bus to alligator, alligator school. school. I will say, what a weird transition from man just got ripped apart by alligator to I want an alligator. <laughs> yeah. And the I parents loved, being I, like, yes. Holy yeah. shit. Well, the mom thought it was fake. Yeah. The mom thought that was fake and the girl was just like, so I appreciated her blood, which that is a thing I, because that's the thing about kids. Some kids and most kids are real dark and bloodthirsty. That's why like, <laughs> that's why like, are you, are you afraid of the dark is so big um, and goosebumps and mm-hmm. even like kids stories about, you know, like the Hans Christian Andersen and stuff. Yeah. Kids love the dark and the scary and yeah. the, like there's a reason kids love dinosaurs and it's partly because they would eat you. <laughs> like they're cool and they look awesome. And I say this as I'm looking directly at my pterodactyl stuffed animal. Yes. But also they can kill you and kids love that knife edge of like (laughs) danger and terror and also neat well and clearly uh, the girl lived in a like a home with a abusive father yeah who would just come home and flush her pet alligator down the toilet for no reason i mean yeah let's third rail this one that that dad was definitely abusive right yeah he he seemed like he had to have been right and so like why not escape into an obsessive connection with like reptiles yeah. and and reptile research and awareness at such a young age, I and I totally believe. I mean, this is 1980s. So this is like this is the 70s. This absolutely would have happened. This girl would have got a baby alligator. Yeah. The, this gator farm, this janky ass gator farm in Florida, would have been selling them. Uh, the guy at the gator farm like would have been liable to get his shit ripped apart by a gator at any time. Absolutely minimal safety precautions. It, it felt like a suitably. Uh, messed up scenario to open the movie with. I was like, yeah, this all feels very, very viable. Oh, yeah. No, there was no moment in those first where I was like, huh, I mean, I guess that could work. But I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You When you go to Florida, you're obligated to return with an alligator. <laughs> yeah. That's just branding. Like, Right, yeah. That's, that's the tourism board. Yeah. And so then, you know, we, we cut to decades later and we're in Chicago and there i think it's an arm that turns up first it was it was a it was a sanitation worker's arm yeah a sanitation worker's or, arm yeah. and then a whole lhasa apso dog yeah with the intestines with all the innards removed so yeah which that was which was interesting because it was one was the alligator attack the other was just the poor disposal methods right because the pharmaceutical lab that is pumping all this like growth hormone mm-hmm. into the sewage system. They are testing all this stuff on their their primary vehicle of animal testing is dogs, is do- yeah. not strays, animals that this asshole pet shop owner drives the streets of Chicago looking to pick up people's wandering pets, yeah. and then take them to this pharmaceutical lab where this guy dissects house pets, mm-hmm. and then they just throw the bodies. Into the the water. Yeah, into the sewer. So that was the one thing, like, for me, I just could not, I I was 100% in on, like, shady pet store owner stealing dogs. Yeah. Which, by the way, I loved the introduction to Detective Madison. Yep. That, like, the introduction to him is him holding a puppy. Yeah, is he, I I had to go get a dog. dog? In the middle of his work day, he had to go get a dog. He had to go get a dog. Why? No reason. Because his his dog was stolen. Gotta go get another dog. Why does he have a dog in the first place? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I will say, those his hours are not conducive to dog ownership. It's not like he has a kid that he's replacing the kid's dog. It's just to show us that we have to like this guy. He got a puppy and I was like you know what that is effective marketing right there guys good job it, it, I'm it on board I, I support Ramon with his alligator school bus <laughs> and I support Detective Madison because he got a puppy that he named like Snap or something yeah like, it was like, Snaps I think yeah. was the name which like great yes that is the dog's name I'm in but yeah the, I did not buy that I was not I was not on board with the idea that this uh, research facility didn't have like a big furnace to burn up the like right yeah this is a bad way this to dispose incineration of- is absolutely the optimal method 
method of yeah. getting rid of these dog bodies. Like for starters, uh, incriminating evidence. Don't and need they that. Really, they really want around. us to be. They really want us to hate these pharmaceutical people yeah. because they have the doctor say over and over again, "No, not cats. I need puppies. puppies. Yeah, puppies. It was the cr- not dogs. Puppies. puppies. He says it like Deville. half dozen times. Yeah. puppies. And then we immediately meet Robert Forster as the guy getting a puppy yeah. so the sides are established immediately yeah we, yeah we know he's he gets puppies the <laughs> other side kills puppies yeah. and then but like the other thing i was like one they're not gonna because yeah this is all under the table and like we're yeah. not supposed to know about it but then two I, I mean i feel like maybe you shouldn't just be releasing growth hormones into the water supply by just like throwing disposable but none of that is good for the water supply and there has to be at least one to two scientists who's like guys this is not the best way to do this like we can make a bonfire right and and even if you're like i feel like even if you don't care about poisoning the entire population yeah you have to think like man if this water gets tested yeah they're gonna these come are back things that us. are gonna seem really specific to the kind of work that we do and they're probably gonna come asking questions to us yeah so maybe we shouldn't be be poisoning tainting the entire Chicago like civilian water supply. But then, yeah, and and again, it's that lack it's that lack of foresight. But then I think about the fact that's like, well, we've seen what tech billionaires do. It's and true. So like, they're currently. I mean, they tech billionaires no- are currently watching the city of San Francisco and the Bay Area yeah. like backslide into like a pristine on one side of it yeah beautiful utopia powered by like hopeful ipos that are tanking yeah and then like a proliferating homelessness crisis that they and their their genius libertarian brilliance have not seen fit to solve with their tip calculators so right so the point anytime i can get in hating silicon valley on this podcast i'm gonna do it reasonable (laughs) yeah unless you guys want to sponsor us in which case we'll still hate on you (laughs) but then we'll plug you yeah yeah we work if you would like to pay us to trash you we will yeah we will. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, okay, well, I could see them not like the, the genius. It was maybe it was it just was 25 years before it's time of yeah. like the level of negligence from a corporation. Right. Right. That I, okay. That I'm on, I'm a little more on board with it. Um, I did like that. I did like that. They, that we eventually learned that they, the pharma lab is linked to the government. Yeah. Like it's, it's a whole like elite conspiracy. It goes all the way to the it top. It goes all the way to the top. And the government is calling the shots. Mm-hmm. They, the you know, the political elite are totally turning a blind eye to this yeah. pharmaceutical lab. They at one point see to it that Robert Forster is fired from the police force because yeah. he's he's learning too much about what this company is pumping into the sewage system because he's seen the gator. He's the first one to sound yeah. the gator alarm. He's asking the right questions he's to asking, the wrong people. Exactly, exactly. And so we, it's it's a it's a local story mm-hmm. that gets good high stakes. Yeah. And I like that. While, like, while being cheesy, while still being like a cheesy, quaint experience. If yeah. this movie was made now, the problem is they would like give Detective Madison too much backstory. Yeah. It would be like he's divorcing. He's... One thing we don't talk about, I realized watching this, is that Detective Madison is clearly like proto John McClane oh, from yeah. Die Hard. Like the every guy with a receding hairline. I loved it. Whose receding hairline is blessedly re- a running repeatedly joke. mentioned. Throughout by the Boy, pet store yeah. owner, by a doctor, yep. by his girlfriend, the shitty herpetologist. It gets, I think it's four shout outs. Oh, yeah. And he even gets No, he mentions it himself when he he's like. He mentions it himself. She's like stroking his head and he's like, yeah. ah, don't, I, I know what you're doing. It's, <laughs> he's it like, runs hey. my family. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm coming to terms with it right now and I'm really sensitive about it. I would appreciate if you wouldn't ask about it anymore. And it was like, what the that was great. hell? And this, this is, is like after a naked gun movie? Like, what is this? It was fantastic. It was, it was fun. It gave him a it, character. It, it really did. It yeah. really did. And I was like, wow, this this is John McClane. This is this is Bruce Willis's like ne'er do well, yeah, gruff police officer. And I, oh, I was yeah. just gonna say, except even Bruce Willis doesn't ever make mention of his hairline. <laughs> yeah. in the movie. You know what I mean? No, this like, was that's why I couldn't I, believe when they were like hanging on it so hard, so much. I kind of almost wonder how much of that was Robert Forrester being yeah. like, being like, being like lean I gotta into it. This. That is yeah. a really good point because, because I feel like that's a level of character detail that might have come from him versus the yeah. writers. Because also, it really isn't like only if someone points it out to you, you're like, yeah. oh, I guess it is thinning. You don't really. Oh, I don't know. I, I noticed. I think maybe as a guy, you're constantly <laughs> yeah. aware of hairlines a lot more. So, do, do we think that Robert Forrester was like, 
fuck this is happening yeah. i should probably make a joke about it like do we think it was an insecurity based i think that was bit? exactly what yeah. it was is he, is he started is he was realizing okay like clearly my hair is going okay yeah. i need to just get ahead of it you know <laughs> In sort of a PR so, yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Make I it my like brand. This, this, exactly. I feel like this loops it into the reality index because then suddenly, wow, I guess it would be super real that this, not only like would the care, you know, would everybody be making fun of him because men are insecure about their hairlines, but the actor himself in a meta point of accuracy would be yeah. like, shit, like you said, I got to get out ahead of this one. <laughs> got to. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't act like you're not going bald when you're going bald. <laughs> you just can't. Right. You have to embrace it and be like, yep. It is what it is. You can't just say But it doesn't have around. to be a character trait. I love that they it made that. Yeah, they it, really it, leaned like, into it. Let's talk about his character traits for a second. Going bald, <laughs> persistent, and his partners die. Yeah. Those are the three things we know about this. We don't yeah. know about his family. Nope. We don't know about... Oh, and we learn that like he had... He does. We do get a little bit of exposition in the, in the Chinese restaurant scene where he's talking about like what he wanted to do, and then she's like, Freud talks about Freud a little mm, bit yeah, right yeah. yeah but for the most part what we've got the defining traits if you need me to like do a quick rundown of yeah. who he is I'm like partners those are the three yeah like he 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 fully believes in things he partners get killed and dudes going bald I would yeah. I would like to say that as a point of inaccuracy and I will get the, I will say this whenever I get the chance to uh, a journalist would absolutely not make it a point to completely fucking antagonize the police force uh, over and over again right. presumably people you're going to need for sources but there's this one asshole reporter who He's in a press conference once the the news of the the rumor of the gator is out. Like Robert Forster has seen the gator. The populace is starting to get nervous because they're hearing about it and there are pieces of people turning up. Mm-hmm. And so the reporter decides to take this press conference to be like, your partner died five <laughs> years ago, didn't he? And it's like, no comment. Like, And then he just keeps needling him about yeah. it. And Robert Forster, what a pro. Detective Madison never punches the guy. Right. When he totally, you you really want him to. And so, yeah, the, the 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 trope of this shitty journalist who, if she's a woman, she's fucking any conceivable person who could give her information, and the guy is like the most smarmy, needling, needling, yeah. yeah, like person who would never be able to build relationships with sources as a result of their terrible yeah. interpersonal skills. That's probably not going to happen, but it's very, it's, of course, it's a very good villain figure. I was going to say, like, that's... People love to hate the lame stream media. <laughs> and and it was very satisfying to watch him get eaten. This movie was so good. It I think so one of my good favorite the- things about this movie is the rapidity with which you get justice. Yeah. Like, when you meet the, the asshole pet owner, you're like, oh my God, I hope he dies in the worst way. He is the first one we see actually oh, yeah. eaten by the alligator. It's like, yeah. oh, that's like two scenes later. Yeah, they they set it up, they knock him down. Every yeah. death, you either, I was either rooting for the death or like surprisingly affected by the death. They did a great job of making sure that each death had stakes. Yeah. And they, yeah, and it, it they had the, the journalists, like he antagonizes Robert Forster and then he shows up again a little bit later on after uh, Detective Madison is in the sewer with a partner. He's witnessed the gator. The gator takes uh, like a, a low level officer who was exploring the sewers with him. So he's he he rose apparently to the surface out of a manhole and the nurse said he was just screaming alligator, alligator and then went unconscious. So he's in the hospital. When he wakes up, the journalist has just gotten past any level mm-hmm. of clearance and is there to, for some reason, ask him like, so another officer died with another partner died with you, huh? It's like, really? You're the only one who thinks there's a conspiracy well, here, I was journalist. Say, like in the journalist movie, because everyone's right. the hero of their own story. And yes. in his movie, he's going to uncover that this guy has been secretly killing and eating I'm all of say, his is co- that, co-workers. Is that what this is about? Like he thinks Detective he thinks, Madison yeah. is killing people? Yeah, he thinks Detective Madison is killing people and he's going to get to the bottom of this. The problem <laughs> yeah. is that he doesn't know he's not in his movie. Yes. He's in Detective Madison's <laughs> movie. And there's a great, there's a great, it's like on the topic of hair, when Detective Madison comes to you in the hospital and the doctor and the, the police chief is in there and the journalist is there at the same time, the eyebrows in that room oh, at that moment fuck. were unbelievable. Yeah, no, there was like dramatic brows. Robert is losing it on top and the chief already is bald, but like the amount of, of like caterpillar eyebrows in this room right now is wild. Yeah. And of course, because he's, like you said, he is relentless, he is resilient. He, as soon as he kind of gets his bearings, Robert Forster is 
putting his clothes back on and he's got to get out there and find this alligator because he took that kid down into the sewer and now he's got to go find him even though he's probably dead. He is back on the case as soon as he's conscious. Which, Mm -hmm. this movie had a surprising amount of Robert Forster chest. I wasn't (laughs) complaining about it. Like, he wasn't... We're in, like, a Burt Reynolds era with this when we liked that thing. Yeah, I wasn't complaining about it. Like, it was... He had very... He was, like, just shy of dad bod. It was a very accessible torso. Yeah. Uh, I was like, made it yeah. even funnier that we see him doing sit-ups at one point. We're like, you don't. I mean, he does them, but he just does them like he doesn't do them and then also dehydrate himself like Chris Hemsworth <laughs> does before <laughs> he's play Thor. Like he does sit-ups. I'm sure that if you like felt his torso, it's it's solid. <laughs> I don't know that we could be sure about that. Mm-hmm. It's like solid, but there's a layer <laughs> over it. It's a very accessible. Yeah, torso. it's a normal person's it is body. A, it, it is, is a again, it is a John McClane torso. Yeah. And I, I, but I appreciated how often they were like, let's throw something in for the dames. And then they'd be like, and it'd be Robert Forrester's torso. And I was like, eh, sure. And it, the first time it happened, I didn't think of it. And then by the time that he was then getting, I think, dressed. Yeah. Because prior to that, he'd been changing during that walk and talk in the hallway. Right, and I was like, right. that's a weird walk and talk, but sure. <laughs> and then the second time around when he does that. Well, we see him hop out of the hospital bed too in his yeah. little like hospital gown that's like the open back yeah. and he's got the little tidy whiteies he's on. He's got his little tidy whiteies <laughs> on. And I'm like, this is, it was almost it was like that scene in um was it working girl where harrison ford changes his shirt in front of all the ladies right, in the office right. and it's like it's a it's a fine torso yeah but it's not in a remarkable torso no it and like now that detective madison now would have to look like ryan reynolds oh yeah 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 like poor t- you know pity the actor that we dream cast that, that has to get themselves into shape to play any form of crime fighting law enforcing yeah. my god I mean, thank God that, you know, in a, in a way, I'm glad that their bodies are, you know, being held to the same exacting standards that women's always I want been. them all to be able to eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> I, want, I want cheeseburgers for all actors. I don't think that the way that we reach equality is by fewer cheeseburgers being eaten by the men. <laughs> I think it's more cheeseburgers being eaten by everybody. So you, you, want, you want Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello on the same cheeseburger diet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Joe, like don't I appreciate what he but (laughs) I would appreciate what he brings to the table in that scene in Magic Mike Two where he does the sexy dance in the um in the convenience in the convenience store. My God, great great scene. I would appreciate that just as much if he had a four pack. I wouldn't really. No, (laughs) not in that movie. Come I on, mean, it's, maybe it's in a, Jordan. It's Jordan. I mean, that's true. Not okay. in that movie. Maybe in like Wild Hogs, okay, but I mean, like not in Magic Bucket. I don't, I don't know if Jordan know. is Jordan, ever going to appreciate Jordan's... a body that's not sculpted more than one that is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, like, and I'm and a, this is not I'm a, a solid five. Uh, yeah, like, and this I am is a not proud Jordan five. being a brat about no. like... I am just. I once Jordan, said I was an esthet, and you you were like, yeah, you're superficial, and I was no, like, no, 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 no. I did not say no. I think I said <laughs> I, I, I said I'm superficial, and I described and you, you as an esthet. That's what this was. Yes, because you said that. That's how the this accusatory was. finger of a I'm man. So I'm like, I will not be. I did She's not. Right. She's right. Yeah, you are. You you're not superficial. You just appreciate in the same way that like I like I like a sculptor uh, wouldn't make a sculpture. <laughs> you would never make the of you know Andy from Parks and Rec. Yeah, but he would make one. Chris of Pratt Star Lord. Yeah, yeah. Like you would not make the David with a dad bod. <laughs> but like, but like, where it's a part. Like, yeah. Like, do I want? Do do I need? Do like the Rock is allegedly going to be at the center of the Big Trouble in Little China remake. Yeah. Give me Kurt Russell, Jack Burton all day. Like, that is the Jack Burton I want. That is the Jack Burton I need. Yeah. That is the Jack Burton I have an enamel pin of, and I'm getting a poster of currently framed. Like, right. I, exp- I want it in the, like, in the right, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, 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 I like it in the context in which we have accepted it. But, like, in this, I like Robert Forster bringing what he's got to the table and that being, like, our paragon of masculinity at the time. Yeah. I watched this and I was like, OM, like, He's a handsome man, but I was like, wow, zaddy Robert Forster. Yeah. He's a babe. Oh, he could get it. And I, I was I, I do that. not like, I'm not like, he made me want traditional gender roles. That's what Robert <laughs> Forster was capable of making me do in this movie. See, now, my feeling on him in this movie was I was like, like yes, sir, I will stay home. I will cook dinner. You go and earn. I, I will thought he was a weirdly progressive. He I was. was in it. Like, I I actually, this I wrote down the quote when he, when During he. During the apology? When he apologizes to her, first of all. Okay, so the, the herpetologist and the herpetologist, okay. whose name I don't even remember. Uh, Marissa? I think it was Marissa. Uh, Could be. It was Marissa with one S. Marissa and Marissa and Detective 
get like they've hooked up they're having breakfast the next morning he's been fired so he's kind of on vacation at this point and they're hanging out and he says something about like he's upset about the case and she like well, and then the then the the cops come in and the cops make a shitty comment to him about him losing yeah. his partner again yeah. it's specifically because of outside bullying yeah yeah because of outside bullying and the herpetologist try like she's she's being nice she's like i understand like that this must be hard for you and he's like well yeah well try not to he's like try not to understand me so quickly like he doesn't want to be known so quickly yeah it's the only moment in the movie that he's a little bit of a jerk but she kind of overreacts and instead of being like wow Maybe we can talk about that. She just pouts at him yeah, and, and walks leaves. out and he's like, fine, leave. Which I was like, that's a fair fight. Like they just met. Well, he goes to her, I don't know, an hour later that night, whatever, mm-hmm. at her home where she lives with her mother yeah. to apologize. And an incredible scene ensues. And so first of all, the, it's a great scene. He's like endlessly patient and entertained by his mother, which, by her mother, the which domineering mother, the, the does not stop mother. And, and speaking of justice, we find out immediately in that scene, her dad's dead. Good for her. Probably abusive dad is dead. Yep. Glad. I hope that he got eaten by an alligator <laughs> yeah. I, or like one of her snakes. Like she Ramon's just like slipped. Yeah. Or she slipped like a poisonous snake into his bed. It yeah. bit him. And then like the, they could never trace it back to her. Yeah. I hope that's what happened. <laughs> But first of all, when the when Marissa comes downstairs, she invites, she says to Detective Madison, oh my God. she's like, you want to go up and see my rock collection? And I, I was like, oh, I, ah. scre- I almost screamed, just screamed Amanda's name into the night. I was like, that that line, <laughs> the only time I can tell you with authority, that's the only time that line has worked <laughs> to get a man up to your bedroom. Um, and I say that as someone who's currently trying to figure out how to move her extensive rock collection into a new home. <laughs> um, and then he follows. He's like, he's like, sure do. Like, yeah. And he's like, yes. And he goes up there and immediately pounces on her. And then she's like, what do you want? And he says, <laughs> what do you want? And he's, he says, quote, you're the country's leading herpetologist. You have a wonderful mind, a doctorate degree and beautiful tits. And I was wonderful like, mind one in the hierarchy i was so charmed amanda that I, breakup scene was so unnecessary it was like why is this happening and, and then it, when the apology when happened apologize like, thank yeah. god they had that breakup because i needed this apology scene to see robert forster be still like be like a guy's guy yeah. still he was like look i'm a handful yeah. but anything that's anything that's worth having is hard so let's just do this i was like I love you. I, I, I almost, marry you. Robert I almost Forster. married him right then. Yes, yes. I, even in, in even in the back of my mind, I was like, all of that statement is a red flag because <laughs> it is know. someone completely being like, I have no, I have absolutely no culpability for my own actions, yeah. and like it is what it is, and I'm not going to change, and you're just going to have to do, like it's going to be hard, but that's fine. It was one of those few moments where but I was like, understood, I don't care, where I understood liking yeah. shitty men. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I feel powerless the, before this. The thing is, is that most shitty men don't turn around and tell you that the reason that they like that they like you is because of both your wonderful mind your doctorate degree and your beautiful tits and And, like (laughs) the venn diagram doesn't often meet no it's not often a venn it's just the circles next to each other yeah they're just separate circles and then the guy's like oh that looks like your beautiful tits you're like great (laughs) thanks great so i think this i think this fits into reality index too because it felt so like he felt like such a. it felt like robert forster was not an actor it was like they just found detective madison this no bullshit guy and they were like hey you want to be in this movie about an alligator he's like yeah why not (laughs) like because he's a good time because he's got a sense of humor yeah so it felt somehow this really tacked on unnecessary bit of conflict felt essential to like us learning about anything we needed to know about detective Madison, which, and so what's interesting though, also about detective Madison is like, so this movie, when I was reading kind of like r- reviews and stuff about it, people were taught and giving to get context on it. And they were talking about how this was part of this wave of like everybody trying to do jaws. And yeah, like, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. like even the music was very clearly like just totally. cha- like, Oh, we're the not camera, even- the camera POV on the alligator. So it was very so much, much of the, it in was- the water. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. yeah. It was very clearly trying to mimic the success of jaws, which yeah. had been three years, three years earlier. Five years yeah, earlier. Yeah, 77. 77, yeah. So three years earlier. Um, but the difference is that where you had Roy Schneider's um, sheriff, and where you had Chief Brody, yeah. who is very heavily burdened by everything about this. Yes. You kind of have Detective Madison is uh, not ironically removed. Yeah. But there's definitely a degree to which he cares about it. It affects him. 
he genuinely he cares about the loss of life that he is connected to. Like, yeah. He's really, he feels he's it. so upset when he loses detective yeah. Kelly in the sewer, which feels, it feels like out of character when you first see it, because you're like, wow, he's not gotten emotional about anything. And then you're just like, Oh, this is just like his this priority. Is he is. Yeah. yeah. Like this is the thing he gives a shit about. Yeah. But there isn't the, but I, what I thought was interesting was that this was a much lighter or a more kind of, it didn't feel as psychologically heavy yes. as Jaws, as internally psychologically heavy as Jaws does, mm-hmm. which wasn't a bad thing. No. I wasn't I, I actually was on board with it because it, it was it was like watching John McClane fight an alligator. Yeah, yeah, and that's the difference as as opposed to the almost neurotic <laughs> yeah. uh, the the neurotic Chief Brody versus like the John McClane very like oh we're gonna t- this is just another day on the job is an alligator well and it, and it and it fit well with the character that we meet later on which I wonder how aware this movie was of itself like when they were making it like, yeah were they meaning to be tongue in cheek in some ways because there definitely is like a big game hunter is brought in oh like when, when all law enforcement options seem to fail yeah they just can't catch this alligator they bring in a big game hunter complete with like trawling the streets of Chicago carrying a rifle yeah. in like his safari khakis. Yeah. And, and, and it and, was the cheesiest fucking thing with the cheesiest kind of character. Like the smarmy so, I'm hot shit because I kill endangered big game kind of character with like a hair helmet. Yeah. Like it fit because this movie seemed to be just like winking at you a little bit, I think. Yeah. It was definitely a little knowing. I did love that they were like, how do we make people hate him immediately? And they just like lean straight into the misogyny of him. Like, yeah. which yeah. I was like for 1980, I was like, wow, that was surprising that you guys were like, well, I'm going to have him compliment the appearance of all these women and people are going to hate him and yeah. root for his death. Yeah. Um, which As we a, get quite swiftly. Again, yeah. And we very him satisfyingly. Fully be swallowed yeah. by an alligator. The alligator is really our... He's really our Reagan-esque era, uh, like super slasher killer, yeah. like like in the way that it, they were sin hunters, Michael and Leatherface, and um, you know, and that the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Really, Ramon was really our sin hunter. What do in we this think context. that that kid did then? Because that kid gets that, so. Oh, so there's a that very was a tough one. there was a tough scene. They probably one of the only deaths that's really hard. Um, is when I guess they have to make us hate the alligator. When, I mean, I like guess. to this point, he's kind of just been doing our catharsis work for us. So yeah, right. so the alligator's loose on the city. The, the alligator has somehow burst through the cement, which I was like, fine, you know what? The, it can burst through a cement sidewalk. He starts. He creates like an an earthquake. Yeah, which, like the street is shaking as as Ramon bursts head first through a manhole and just no, opens this, no, up the sidewalk. It wasn't even the manhole. He went up through the grade of the sewer like Pennywise style. <laughs> there was a sewer grade yeah, there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and But he like breaks the cement, which, you know what? Like, I, I'm not a big fan of the city of Chicago in general. I This is an ongoing vendetta I have against Chicago. <laughs> Nothing good has ever happened to me in Chicago. But yeah, I was like, Kolsky, you know what? that's for you. Yeah, Kolsky. One of the first things, the arguments I had with our, our close, our friend Matt Kolsky was I was like, Chicago sucks. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry you're from Chicago. That's a terrible thing. That's a burden. <laughs> I, I've never had a good thing of it happen to me in Chicago. So I'll tell some a, stories sometime about that. This is some catharsis for Amanda Always. watching Ramon wreak havoc. Um, I, I used to, when I had a blog about disaster movies, I would like have an arbitrary ranking scale and one of those things was like did they destroy the city of Chicago <laughs> um, and if they didn't it lost points yeah, yeah. because oh, yeah. because I fuck Chicago um, <laughs> but yeah I was like yeah you know what Chicago's infrastructure might be so shitty that an alligator can with like a well-placed hit on a, a certain joint mm-hmm. crack through the cement I am on board with that <laughs> okay so anyway the alligator's like running through the city and it goes to um, uh, someone's pool yeah there is also an incredible scene Connecting to swimming pools, oh my but different God. from this one where there is a helicopter flying over to see if it's like looking to see if it can see the alligator presumably yeah. in backyards, and it's just hiding in a pool like a pool toy. Yeah, like we see pools with pool toys in them, and so that when you see the slow pan over the alligator, you're like, OMG, they think he's a big floaty. Yeah, it's great. They think Ramon's a floaty, and because Ramon is clever. <laughs> yeah, he is. Ramon's got his, he's his streetwise. Ramon knows. Muja's given him the briefing. Yeah. He's like, here's he's how here's how you can be for so long. underestimated by yeah. humans. Yeah. But but yes, but the boy. But yeah, so anyway, and then there's like this Halloween or some sort of a costume party. Yeah. And all the and these three boys, probably like eight to ten years old, are dressed like pirates and they're they're marching one of the boys out and yelling about how he's gonna have to walk the plank. 
And they are completely unsupervised. And the, the, the mom is like yelling for the boy from the house. She's yeah. like, George, Georgie, like, like oh, you're going to bully your little friends. But yeah. afterward, can you yeah. come back inside? Yeah. Like it is not because this kid is fully dressed. Yeah. So and he's fully dressed and he has a blindfold on mm-hmm. and they're going to make this kid walk the plank, which clearly is one of those situations where like this kid has been forced to be inv- like the, <laughs> the child has been forced to invite this little dweeb to the party. Right. And they're now going to make him walk the plank. And they do. They make him walk off the diving board. But as the kid is about to walk off the dot he starts screaming because he sees Ramon yeah. in the pool and Ramon's like snack time yeah. and eats, <laughs> eats the child you see the bot you see the kid like go into the water break yeah. the surface and go under and you're like oh he probably won't eat him and yeah. then it cuts back up above the water and it's just filled with blood yeah it's like oh my god he ate the kid you know what it reminded me of was in lost world when the t-rex gets out and starts going through the backyards and it's at that pool do you remember the scene oh yeah and he's drinking water and there's the dog yeah and he eats the dog and you're like he's not gonna eat the dog and then he's got the the um chain Chain, hanging from his mouth like the goat like he did with the goat yeah in the first movie and that made me think of that and i was like steven spielberg wouldn't have a kid get eaten by an alligator (laughs) and i gotta say that's why this this movie might be a little harder than anything steven spielberg's ever done (laughs) that's a tougher sell yeah and it does it it does it does more firmly it it, it puts has to put the audience in the camp of all right we do need to get rid of this alligator because he is going to continue just indiscriminately eating children if he can yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna pick and choose and that's a bummer yeah because if he did keep picking and choosing, I would it's like, cool, clean out Chicago, one of the most corrupt cities in the world. Like, go for it. <laughs> there um, you go. But yeah, no, I, 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 when he, when that kid got, but when that kid got eaten, now I'm like, what did that kid do? Yeah. yeah. If this was our sin hunter. Yeah. He, did, this boy had skeletons in his closet. This boy was like probably a little Damien situation. A thing I did not buy mm-hmm. about this movie was the herpetologist. Okay. She but, just was, she was unhelpful. Yeah. She was, you know, meant to be a foremost expert in in her field about you know because we meet her as a little girl she loves the gators she's an adult she's obviously become an authority on them but like she the only helpful advice she gave to anybody the entire time was like he'll go for water which and like besides that she didn't believe robert forster saw an alligator that big because she's like couldn't happen which like they do accurately say like they're they would run out of food like anything that size yeah wouldn't be able to sustain itself Unless it was like it wouldn't have a big enough food supply, but then of course we find out it's being fed animals constantly by the fem- by the pharma lab. Um, but she was so boring yeah. and uninteresting. I was like, I don't believe you're an authority, and I don't believe Detective Madison would be that into you. It was tough, it, and it it comes down to the same problem that most movies like this have, which is that they don't bother to give the love interest a personality or any sort of like external life. They could have at least life. gotten a sassy actress or well, something. Yeah, I, I mean, she was I, she was when she started yelling, and then when she shoved the woman. So at the end of the movie, Robert Forster's gone down into the sewers again to fight the alligator, and his one instruction to Marissa is keep the manholes open. And right, right. Of course, because, because he's got to get out because he's got to get out. And he's been through this once where with the with the partner <laughs> yep, before exactly where he, the partner and he couldn't escape because the manhole was covered. Yep. And because he he can't be perfect. He hasn't learned his lesson to like <laughs> travel with some cones. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is such a fixable problem with like two traffic cones or just take the manhole off and, and get yeah. rid of it. But in this case that he went to he ends up at a different manhole than the one he went down. Right. Right. And Marissa and he's trying to escape because he set off some sort of gas and then he's got a bomb mm-hmm. and he's going to bomb the alligator mm-hmm. and he has climbed up. He's trying to get out. But then at just that moment, a car has rolled over the manhole and is holding the manhole down. Yes. And Marissa shows up and starts yelling at the woman in this car. Yeah. Move. You got to move the car. There's a man underneath. You got to move. It. And the woman is mad and yelling at Marissa about the fact that there is a dump truck in front of her yes. block and she can't go further so marissa just bodily shoves the woman <laughs> out of the way and throws the car into reverse it is her finally was, she becomes a person and i was like i want that marissa for the whole movie exactly um and it was i think just ultimately like they just they were focused on giving us more robber and not bound like there were two things that i wish they had done one i wish she had said something about like these are the alligator's weak points. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have anything. given us, like, give it, if she had been like, this anything is what to you demonstrate do she had learned anything about, about alligators, alligators yeah. in her life. And that would have been, like, that would have solved that problem if she had provided the useful intel that then he turned around and used later 
of say, you know, poking, like she even uses it in the beginning of the movie when she's like, if they turn him over, he won't be able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. When she's a little kid. Yeah. I believe the the child had more uh, alligator knowledge than the adult. So we could have used a similar callback to that. Is what I'm saying. Right. If they had thought of her as a a co-lead and they didn't, she was a love interest. We never learned her internal life. We never learned about her dad. Like, I just think a better actress could have done it. I don't think so. I think they didn't. (laughs) I don't think they gave her enough. And I, I don't, I'm they not saying didn't. that she, That's true. And I don't think they would have, that they b- bothered to. I mean, we got a lot of exposition from Robert in two different scenes about his, with her, of her listening understandingly <laughs> about his partner's dying. We don't get any scenes of her being like, well, the reason I got into it was because I was always kind of fascinated and then I got a real, I got her a real denial just lasted so long into the movie. Oh, yeah. like, she even sees that the alligator has burst its way up through a sidewalk. Yeah. Even if the sidewalks of Chicago were made of chalk. Um, she sees she and she's doesn't believe that the alligator is still that big. Right. She's like, oh, little boy, how big was the alligator that you saw? He was like, well, you know, an El Dorado like that. But then you got to count the 10. She's like, hmm, that's no, no. And he's like, yeah. No, it really was. It's like, what more fucking evidence do you need? Yeah. He's been telling you, the Detective Madison has been telling you, the little boy is telling you, the street has been raised to, from the ground. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. This is a huge alligator. Yeah, there was no reason for her to have to play skeptic. So except skeptical. they were like, we don't know how scientists work, so... Yeah. Like they, well, they were we like, didn't well, have science, a geologist who could they, solve that's everything. That's true. A geologist would have... If they had had a paleontologist, this would have been way better. Yeah. <laughs> um, there but, yeah. is a there 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 is a, a couple great lines I do want to draw attention to from Robert Forster in this movie just because they should be honored. And the first being uh, after we see him do sit ups while he's watching the news and then he's like looking at his like map of I would assume like the sort of sewage system of Chicago. He like moves the map and there's a little rubber alligator on his bed that his the some buddies or assholes on the floor so yeah. hung in his rubber to, locker to antagonize him that he took home and set on his bed and he yeah. just looks at it and he goes where are you? <laughs> like he like really contempt looks at that yeah. alligator. It's the surrogate for Ramon. Where are you? <laughs> it was a just... great, it was a great line delivery. Cause it could have been so cheesy. Oh yeah. And was it him or was it the chief that asks at one point, uh, how much would someone pay for a hot Lhasa Apso? Asking oh, was, about how much you would yeah. pay for a stolen dog. How much do you think someone would pay for a hot Lhasa Apso? It's it like, great. this is an incredible this is an incredible line and it makes me buy into this world so much more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, it was, it was just shy. There were like, there, there were these little film noir moments. Yeah. Where it, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it was, it was old timey. It was old timey, but like in a great way. And it made me want to see Bogart hunt down a giant <laughs> alligator. Like I would have, I would have enjoyed that. And we get, we really get our big creature feature moment mm-hmm. when this become, oh, you know, God. when, when Ramon, Shows up at the the Slade, I think it's the Slade family party. The Slade family party. The Slade, so the Slade family who owns the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company. Yep, and and they've got the connection to the government. They're the ones who made sure Detective Madison was fired because, like you said, he's asking the wrong people the right questions. Well, they're having a giant reception at their house, and this is where Ramon shows up, and mm-hmm. he just fucks up this party, and it is so extreme he's biting people in half you just see him like you see the tail swinging you see his head thrashing and then you just see people flying across the frame like they're flying feet up and through the air Mm -hmm. being knocked about by this it's like it is like a elephant came running through and is just savaging the place it is amazing when he unloads on that limo he does and just he he crushes that limo like a frat boy with a beer can on his forehead he there is it's inside fantastic. the limo is our main bad rich guy yeah who is the head of like probably slate enterprises I mean, or he something. is slate. i would assume slate he yeah. is slate yeah and he runs into his car and he locks the door and one of his associates is like pounding like, you gotta let me in, you gotta let me in. And he doesn't let him in. He just locks it and watches him get eaten by the alligator. And then for some reason, his idiot driver hasn't even started the car up to this point. So once the guy on the outside gets eaten, he's like, start the car. So the guy's trying to start the car. Well, that's when Ramon just with his tail is beating this thing to hell. Yeah. Just car shattering. The guy is being like eventually crushed he, yeah, he just gets crushed to death by yeah. a limo. It's great. And it, it like takes a long time. Yeah. As it should. Like, but we you're sitting there watching this like 
it's a long scene of this car just being beaten over and over again with an alligator tail until yeah. it is looks like it's gone through a compactor. It's fantastic. It's an amazing scene. Yeah. And the movie is so like you you see these great cool shots like wide shots of the alligator throughout the movie and I was really glad that they gave that to us, but I didn't know that they were it's like I don't think they're going to push this thing to like they're going to have the it's animatronics never or well whatever. Lit. Yeah. It's never a well, we get a lot of views of it, but it's never a well lit view. And this happens in full daylight. Yeah. And like, how much are they going to test this thing with like speed and activity? And they did a great job of editing and like cutting yeah. to where you feel like you get to see a real alligator just ripping this party apart. And I didn't think it was going to crescendo that hard. And I was so happy that it did. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was really, it was really satisfying. All right, so does this uh, bring us into what this movie is really about? Yeah, because it does for this me. This movie is very, it's like we said, it's pure, it's elegant. Yeah. Like, we could tell you more of the ins and outs that happen in the plot, but like, bottom line, Robert Forster, as he tells us at one point, where is it? His other incredible line. Oh, he also, like, when a guy is like hawking alligator toys. Oh, yeah out on like a uh, a sidewalk because of course people would be cashing in with toys on the the murderous alligator in town. He's like, arrest this guy for being a creep. Yeah, it was great. An ally, Robert Forster, an ally. And then another point when um, the herpetologist like asks him what he's going to do. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to handle this situation with the alligator? Like, what, what do we, he's like, he's like, I'm going to find him. I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick this. I'm going to, not just like, I'm going to kill it or something. It's like you imagine fisticuffs. Yeah. Oh no. He's going to, he's going to fight an alligator. He's going to fight this alligator yeah. and he's going to win because he's Robert Forster. Yeah. So yeah, I, that was also just, yeah, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find that alligator and I'm going to kick his ass, his <laughs> ass, not even it's ass, his ass. Yeah. It's a great, honestly, this is a movie that lives and dies by the fact that Robert Forster not only completely commits to it, yes. but also is so damn likable while so he does likeable. it. So likable. It's really like this movie is absolutely, when we do all the fantasy casting and all those things, so often we're trying to find someone who would maybe bring more to the part or like yeah. give you the part as it should be or whatever. This is so great because it is a case where like the casting, you buy into it yeah. because he's on board. Yeah. For every like high and low element of it. Yeah. But as you said, uh, arriving at what this movie is really about, who who do you, who should we kick it off? I, I I mean, I can go. You can go. It's I'll I'll go for it. I will say uh, this is a this is an eat the rich movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. This is an eat the rich movie. Yes. Uh, it takes a while to build up to it. Like it like you're not sure how much they're going to execute on it in yeah. the end ultimately. But like obviously the pharma lab is the bad guy, but it's not like it goes from being a corporate entity to like specific rich people. Yeah. And then Ramon shows up and serves like proletariat justice yes. to the Slade family, destroying their fancy party, eating their fancy friends, mm -hmm. and then killing the fancy patriarch in his big fucking car with his... And nobody's really broken up about it. No, like, everyone's on board. Like, <clears throat> yeah, that just happens. Yeah, there's there's very... There's little to no time spent yeah. on the scene of carnage that is the slaughter that has just taken place of this fancy place and these rich people and yeah. it's like no nah, we got to get back to detective madison where he's gonna like throw a bomb at this alligator no, it, it, it was like the sackler family got eaten by alligators <laughs> yeah. is honestly the equivalent and it was great the fact yes. that slade was crushed to death by the trappings of his own wealth i was like that is <laughs> yeah. that is i'm so glad you also yeah i was at work and i was like what yeah. is this Expound. really about go for like build on this no now. i was just like i was like what is this really about is this and i was like no this is really this is about socialist revolution <laughs> and the plutocracy and i was like this is too no, that's a step too far, Amanda. And then, <laughs> so I'm so glad that you also. Oh yeah, yeah. This is definitely an Eat the Rich movie, and what I think it is truly about the evolution of a socialist revolution. Mm. One because Muja, yep. um, in Serbia, yep. is, Serbian is, Muja. But um, but yeah. So it starts off with like the fomenting revolution. Yeah, the working guys are the ones who get eaten first. Yes, and I think that it's really about Ramon's transition from understanding that like. The the oppressors aren't his fellow men, mm. but the oppressors are the rich. Mm. And even like, so it starts with him and then it starts moving into and starts moving through the levels of society until truly he is like awoken. Yes. And now he's going after the kids with the pool in the backyard. He is it, is, it does look like a fancy family. It's a fancy family. Yeah. He's going after them. He's eating the rich. Yeah. He's going for the Slade. He goes literally the, eat the rich. We he goes the straight for the Slade party. eat the rich movie. Yeah. Yeah. The only, like, he travels through the pool and that kid gets pushed in. Yeah. But, like, it seems like he is he's got, he's gunning got a vendetta. for that house. Which, by the way, he's going for that because of a vendetta he has, which is that he 
is a monster of their making. Yes, absolutely. I mean, He's the creature about from it, the ooze. If you think about it, this entire movie, like Boots, Boots Riley really owes this movie <laughs> quite a bit for things. Mm-hmm. For yeah, because yeah, the the horsemen are Muja. Yeah, like or, mm. or, and Ramon, like that. This is or Ramon. Yes. I'm sorry this, to bother you. Yeah, if people sorry don't to bother know what you. We're Thank about. you. Yeah. Um, I was like. I, I, I like could Harvey not Hammer, the name out. Cocaine, yeah, Lakeith Stanfield. But yeah, it's it, sorry. It, sorry to bother you. Which spoiler alert does have like? <laughs> if you guys haven't it's seen, it's got it, an element to it. It's got an it's element. It's got an element to it. It takes a turn you yeah. aren't expecting. <laughs> and I truly, afterwards, I was like, that's kind of where this this could also be a little bit of a sorry to bother. This could be the origins of that movie, right? Yeah. Um, but also like. And then the more I thought about that, I was like, and also, Rob, it really all comes together because, like, what was the weapon that got that got Robert Forster's gun taken? It was a bad guy holding a roll of pennies. A roll of pennies, God, to the back of his right. head. Yeah, back when when Robert Forster's partner is killed in St. Louis. Yes, yeah, in St. Louis, which we, you know, it's not quite Utah. It's but it, what happened in St. Louis. Yeah, is, yeah. In, and this is like the the tragic event where he lost his partner. A guy put a gun, what he thought was a gun to his head, was a roll of pennies, stripped mm-hmm. him of his firearm, and then ended up killing his partner with his own gun, yeah. for which he carries years of guilt. And so all I'm saying mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. what causes that to happen? Yep. Capitalism. Yep. <laughs> Capitalism. So I think I think in that in that reading of it then. Yeah. <laughs> it does also have a lot in common with everybody's favorite uh fall blockbuster, Joker. <laughs> say hustlers i was on board for hustlers i mean look i, I was i was using favorite right, so facetiously how, okay. yeah how, yeah how, how I, is this the joker of okay because of, i'm already in my a head monster i'm i'm already being like hustlers how can i tie this back to hustlers? so you go first a monster of the wealthy's creation okay mm-hmm. right like his whole origin is that thomas wayne and the rich people are taking the benefits from him taking away his mental health care right. or, the, the you know the, the rich wall street people well. are the ones that mm-hmm. incite in violence or whatever uh, uh, the attack being solely targeted on on rich people, right? Like the whole movie, it's all the clowns and stuff rising up against the rich. <laughs> Thomas Wayne representing the oppression. We even we do see children in costume. We yeah. do see children in costume. <laughs> uh, the whole his whole concept is that Thomas Wayne like rejected him as his son or whatever. Like the 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 sort of like you know I the almost like the fallen angel coming back to attack God. the heavens. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Amanda's wince. It's all gross. It's Amanda's all gross. wince just now. <laughs> it's, a gross, will, it's a gross movie, but I I'm think... I'm really sorry, guys. I will never see this movie. Keep going. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so you got it. Uh, yeah, it's... it's. I mean, the movie is very clearly trying so to do an is, Occupy Wall Street thing, so but it's wait, not is, good. Is Ramon an incel, then? I mean... <laughs> wow. Do you think Ramon I mean, is an it's a very similar origin <laughs> this I alligator and and joker it's pretty okay, similar so maybe <laughs> what we can say is that joker is a unsuccessfully tries to accomplish what alligator does yes. very elegantly yes <laughs> i okay. mean that's the whole if thing joker joker had ascended to the heights of alligator uh, really i mean this is an elegant, efficient movie that you and I both, and you and I often come to this, the what is this really about, at two different angles. We do, we do. And so the fact that you and I both were just like, no, that's what this is. (laughs) This is the subtext is text, guys. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So does that, that takes us to dream casting. Yeah. What do you say? All right, so. And how is like, what is the approach of, is this like, recasting the original or is this like if I made a reboot is so my question. I it'd be kind of a mix like I would okay. want to beef up some things okay. I would want to like from a writing standpoint I'm coming at this as like Marissa needs to be a fuller character <laughs> yeah. like you just can't um, <laughs> you just like, can't so I and it's a small cast when you think about it yeah like, it is it's a fairly small cast all right so I will say that if the only thing I would change about the original is Marissa the herpetologist yeah fair and I'm making her Kate Capshaw. Oh, I like that. I'm making her her that era Kate Capshaw, who would bring she I would think, bring more to it. I That's think true. she would, you know, with with the limits, because I, I feel like I'm a big Temple of Doom fan, and I feel like Temple of Doom, it's like all the indies are like the original indies are a classic. But I think Temple of Doom gets kind of hated on in a way that I didn't understand until I learned that shitty film Twitter exists and people are like, oh, it's a bad movie. I was like, I love Temple of Doom. And people complain about Kate Capshaw's character. 
and like, oh, she's so annoying. I always loved her. I loved that character. Yeah. And that like bitchy energy is exactly what I want in Marissa the Herpetologist. And I feel like Kate Capshaw would have would have captured the spirit of that. Okay. Okay. So I I am recasting for modern day Mm -hmm. um, because it is a really perfect cast. Like, I don't think that there's anybody that you can really sub out. Like, Mm -hmm. but if I were remaking this, um, David Madison, the Mm. detective would be Chris Pine. Oh, handsome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like. He is, but he's, I would say maybe no, he's the good. least. He's, 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 the, he's the Chris with uh, the, he's the like most little ex- edge. Yeah, he's the, the most ex- that we've seen. Yeah, he's the most character actory of the Chris's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Marissa, weirdly enough, didn't know that you're contemplating this, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm struggling with it because I would, I would argue that Chris Hemsworth is the most character actory of him. Well, okay, I guess but like, he's, but he's super I mean, hot. Chris Hemsworth he's, is the best Chris. He, well, uh, I think he's the best Chris, but I also think he's the most pigeonholed in his roles. Yes, I agree. I think Chris Hemsworth has potential, has a lot of potential to branch out, but yeah. Chris Pine is the one who is most likely to become like, I could see him being a, if he were slightly, if he were slightly He could wear that less, five o'clock shadow that yeah. he gets by noon every day that I feel like you see, like Robert Forster has He's had five that, o'clock shadow yeah. since he was 16. If Chris Pine weren't living in a time when like if his hair's going, he can very elegantly hide it. Like, yeah. Chris Pine's the one who I think is most likely to have male pattern baldness. Let me put that way. <laughs> okay. That's, I guess, the way okay. I would put it. Okay. All right, all right. So Chris Pine for uh, Detective Dave Madison. For Marissa, I wanted someone who could be a little bit wryer mm-hmm. um, and still like read younger but not be grossly younger Mm -hmm. because that is the vibe it has to be and that's brenda song oh interesting choice thank you i thought that was a good one i I really like and i say that in the context of the pairing like brenda song and chris pine together which they're not she's she's 31 he's 39 there's not a huge age difference there Mm -hmm. but she feels younger brenda song is 31 yeah interesting i just saw she had a guest starring role i binge watched superstore center the other night Mm. basically (laughs) i have binge watched supercenter i'm super into it superstore superstore that's what i mean (laughs) Was like, I'm super huh. into it. Don't know what it's called. Don't know the name. I don't know the name of anything. Haven't we established this by now? Um, but I'm super. In, I, I'm super into it. And she had a, like a very like a two episode arc, okay. and I was like, oh right, she's really good and doesn't get enough acting work. Right. And right. she's really good at being like kind of cool and can give dudes shit and like believably can break up with Mark Zuckerberg. Like I'm in. <laughs> um, okay, so Slade, bad guy who will chew the scenery. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Nat- organic fit. Yeah. Commissioner gender flipped it. Cause why not? Uh huh. I want it to be Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I want her to be like a little tough, have to do the tough thing of like firing him. Uh huh. But also still always be on his side, but uh-huh. be like, but you know, I got to do this. Right. <laughs> and then big game hunter Ray wise. <laughs> because like the guy who played Satan on television once, that's perfect for this sort of thing. Right, like right. has the kind of bluster and would be like, it's the year 2019. The fact there's a big game hunter is inherently absurd. Yes, yes. The fact that they call up a big game hunter in 1980, presumably from like rich guy Slade's phone book, be like, <laughs> who do you know that, like, who's that guy that took you on the safari where you hunted other humans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get that guy. Yeah. So like the fact that they bust him into Chicago, that's inherently absurd. So Ray Weiss for that for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. So that's my casting on that one. Who played Putty? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I, I always read, I know his name and I always Yeah. From David. the Tick. Yes. Yeah. Shit. I I really know his name. I know and I really know it too and it always jumps out of my head. Apologies to Patrick. you sir. Patrick Warburton. Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Big Thank game you. hunter Patrick Warburton. Oh, also very good. Big game hunter Patrick, uh, Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Also um what's his name from Evil Dead? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell yeah. could also, oh. like, there's yeah. many people that could play. Current or previous yeah. iteration. Any iteration Campbell. Of. I'll take Bruce Campbell in any role in any yeah. movie, I'll be honest. <laughs> Bruce Campbell also, if this were a different movie, Bruce Campbell would be a great casting choice I, yeah. for Bruce Campbell Detective could be Detective Madison. Madison. I, I think, I think that, I think I will, I think I will fold that in. Okay. And I will make, I will make Bruce Campbell, if we really lean in yeah. to the like Sam Raimi-ness of this. Well, that's the thing is that it's got to, it changes the movie slightly, yeah. but, 
that. Yeah. By the way, surprised that you did not put in for your fantasy casting, making sure to kill off Miles and, and Ansel. I mean, who do you think I, we're the, going to have as the journalist okay, and, and the, the, and the pet store owner? I was going to say, and the, and the buddy, <laughs> the, the other cop, I figured. But the, yeah. the, no, Miles, Miles and Ansel will be the journalist and the pet store owner. That's great. Then maybe they'll just have them in multiple roles. They're going to be everybody at that <laughs> wedding at the end. <laughs> So that, yeah, like I, I didn't think about much about what I would reboot this because I knew I wasn't going to change the original casting, yeah. but for Kate Capshaw. But that's where Miles and Ansel would go for sure. Yeah. And then I I, I, I think I'll make Patrick Warburton. That's a good one. The big game hunter. And I really, I hadn't thought about it before, but the Bruce Campbell idea, his name sounds so good. Yeah. With like, yeah, like let's, let's let the wry humor and like he'd have, it would be much more of a cocksure thing happening yeah. than you got. But I, I kind of like the idea of leaning in to the to the funny for a remake and also like dad bod guys yeah just 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 guys just just normal guys just just guys with the torso chris pine could age into a very nice david harbour if he really tried yeah that's well that's again this is what i'm saying david harbour could be detective madison oh Oh, david David harbour could really be he's got the receding hairline oh (laughs) he he could he could be burdened but in like a humorous kind of way yeah Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that he would live in an apartment like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe that he would start the movie by getting a dog. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> Why not? Why wouldn't you just have David Harbour carrying three puppies in his in arms? His yeah. Honestly, preposterously large arms. Oh, yeah. Which really we got to see a good show off of mm-hmm. uh, in the Saturday Night Live sketch about the soul cyclists. Yeah. <laughs> Google that <laughs> if you'd like to check it yeah. out. Just carrying. I, I have that. I, don't, I used to have for a long time at a header picture of Yasiel Puig on Twitter. I had a header picture of Yasiel Puig, who's a baseball player, holding five puppies, <laughs> hugging them to his chest. And that's just how I imagine David Harbour really feels like that is Yasiel Pui. Oh, it was anything I understand. It was such a great photo. It was uh, that was for a very long time was my header. And it was just uh, I'm going to if I'm going to keep if I'm going to have Bruce Campbell as Detective Madison, I'm going to keep the Ash versus Evil Dead thing alive. OK, Ooh. and I'm going to make Lucy Lawless uh, the herpetologist. Oh, I like that. Again, and it's going to be, be a, an entirely a adversarial mm-hmm. relationship between Lucy Lawless is not ending up in Bruce Campbell's bed. That yeah. is not how we're taking yeah. this. But she is going to know her shit. She is going to... He's going to be more bumbling. Yeah. So she's going to have to actually be the authority on this. She may well be the one who ends up putting the bomb on the alligator. Oh, I would hope so. Does she keep her accent? I Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, good. There's no reason to take that away. No. No reason to take that away. But still keeping the context of her being born and raised in Chicago, but yeah, she sure. has that accent. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Good. that okay. that can be like the absurd thing like we don't talk about. Yeah. Um but yeah, so those would I think those would be my my key ones that I would go I kind of like the idea Now I want to put David Harbour in here somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like where where could David Harbour where could David Harbour even fit in Maybe, this melange? I mean, you know, there is an alligator too. There are sequels. <laughs> yeah. So he can come in for this. There's a board game based off of it. He can come in for there's the sequel. A board game. Or the movie based on the board game. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So those so, are those are the key those are the key casting ones that I, I that I'll I like go it. With. Yeah. Um So how many towering infernos are we giving this thing? I'm giving this one I I wanna say four, but like I almost want to say more. Yeah. Like I just really like this movie. Shockingly liked it. Four and a half. I was gonna go. I'm going for it. Yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. About it's so simple and it's so it's so just executes. Yeah. And Robert Forster is so good. And again, if you can get me to be like, yes, traditional man, I will be your lady. Then you have (laughs) you have done something right. I I recognize when I'm beat, and I he had me beat that Robert Forster. No, I'm with you. 4.5. Right. I got yeah. like about halfway, three quarters of the way through because you know, we were watching this on uh, not a very good YouTube upload. Yeah. And about three quarters of the way through, I was like, I want to buy this on on video. Like <laughs> I want to own the, this. Is I want to own this movie. And like, yeah. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, but I don't know that I won't ever. I want right. to at least have a way to preserve this film. Yeah. In, in an actual yeah. quality that, that you would want to like show to other people. Yeah. I don't want to be subject to the whims of YouTube. The whims. Of YouTube removing like copyrighted material. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a genuinely like, this is, this is, this is a rewatchable. Yeah. 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 You can see why this like gets repertory screenings at like genre film festivals. Yeah. And deserves it. Did it, it, it was this just at, um, 
they might have just screened this at Beyond Fest. I was going to say, I feel like they just did it at Beyond Fest. Yeah, I think this just, just did just happen. Um, right on time for Robert Forster. And so how about you, Jason? What is the uh, the Inferno evaluation? Somewhere right around, uh, I'd say about a, yeah, about a four. Okay, okay. Yeah. Four, yeah. From you, that's a really hard, like yeah, that's, that's a really yeah. high rating. Yeah. You're harsher than we are. I on these almost things. went 3.5, but I, I, I decided to give it the little edge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is net, look, for what it is, this is not just competently done, but well done. Yeah. Is this maybe yeah. the best movie in the world, Jason <laughs> Scorsese? Yeah. No. <laughs> J- Jason thinks Marvel movies are trash. Yeah. I do, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the Scorsese and, uh, and uh, Francis Ford Coppola camp. Apparently, you're just setting up your, your, your sleeper <laughs> oh, with man. them. I love and- <laughs> And you're just like willing to, uh, I mean, I almost gave it three and a half. Yeah. I'm sorry. Look. Was there not enough Heroes Journey Cycle in Alligator for you? If anyone loves trash cinema, it's me. Don't don't get me wrong. I just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's uh, I've, I've, I've been a tough critic on this, on this show. <laughs> really I harsh. I have been. Well, well, that the, I mean, keeping us grounded. I, yeah, fair. Jason, Jason's the one who comes back around and is like the rest of the world being like, really, you guys? This yeah. is what you're devoting your free yeah. time to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, the, I I had to watch. I had fallen asleep while watching this because I was very tired, and I had to watch the last little bit at work mm-hmm. um, on my iPad. <laughs> like between after customers had left, and we were like waiting to leave, and I was watching it, and I was walking, and I had a coworker look over, and it was during the Slade scene. It was during the wedding, <laughs> and he's like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "Oh, Alligator from 1980." And he just stares at me. I'm like, "I do a disaster movie podcast," <laughs> and then he stared at me harder, and I was like, "I." I know, man. I yeah, like that's yeah, it. That's, that's, had, that's what it. I devote my time to. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we we did the thing again where we didn't pick a next movie. Oh, we didn't pick a next movie. So Oof. hold on. What, yeah. Well, let's cut it. We'll discuss. Yeah. And then we'll come back. All right. So the movie that we're going to be doing next week is the movie Pompeii. Really bringing the melodrama oh, yeah. from 2014, starring Kit Harrington and Kiefer Sutherland. God. Oh yeah, because well, when you think of ancient Romans, you think <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Um. So you can watch that. You can rent it on Amazon Prime, on Vudu. Those are the two cheapest options, two ninety nine each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's um, YouTube. There's iTunes. But those are all four dollars, yeah. and don't spend four dollars no. on. Don't invest in heavily into our podcast. <laughs> Apologies, Ken Harrington. But no, no, I'm not saying on this movie. I'm saying heavily into any into our podcast until unless you want to start sponsoring us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right. So Pompeii it is. Pompeii. Hell yeah. Well, uh, where okay, can they so, find the show? Uh, you can find us. We are at disaster underscore pod, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yes. Yep. We're disaster <laughs> underscore pod on Twitter. Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, on Twitter at jorcrew, J-O-R-C-R-U. I am at Amanda R. Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two Bs. And I am J- at Jason Halftones. All right. You can email us. Uh, we're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Uh, please rate and review if you haven't already. It is super helpful. Um, I think we have 24 reviews, which is yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. But let's get that number up to 30. Bump uh, those yes, numbers please. up. Yes, yeah. please. This is like our membership drive. Yeah, yeah. come on. I'm, <laughs> I have nothing to give away. Like, oh, you know what? I will give away my rock collection. Because, <laughs> oh my God, there it is. I need to get rid of my rocks because I have too many and I need to move literal boxes of rocks. Um, so if you write a review, I will maybe give you a rock. <laughs> there it is there you go straight from Amanda I will give you and I will give you a rock and tell you about it <laughs> so write a review post a screenshot on, you gotta write a review and then you also have to tweet an episode like about your favorite episode <laughs> and Amanda will send you and a I will send you because if I'm gonna have to, if I'm gonna have to put money into postage on rocks <laughs> I'll also if you live in LA I'll just meet you somewhere and give you the rock <laughs> like I don't have to ship it to you if you live in LA I'll just hand it to you there nice. you go but yeah so the rules for this are you must write <laughs> a five-star review and then also you must tweet about your favorite episode of the podcast that'd be great there you okay yeah there you go guys see y'all next week from Pompeii <laughs> That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>